Should you delay filing for Social Security or claim early? Discover the surprising answer that trips up most retirees, and you can get up to 175% more in benefits. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. Hello again and welcome to this episode of Label on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell and I'm with Label Sternbach. He is the best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Amazon's best-selling author of Authenticity. Label, hello and welcome back, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well because I'm really interested in this SS benefit. And I want to start with a big question, if that's okay. Can you really get 175% more in Social Security benefits? You absolutely can. Now, I, come, on now. come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can. This, and you can, if you look on your social security statement on page number one, bottom left corner, it says right over there all the other people who are entitled to benefits under your work history and how much they will get. Now, don't be misled by the fact that it says survivor benefits because they can still get it while you're alive. Those are not just survivor benefits. So what do you mean they're not just survivor benefits? So there's something called family benefits, and there are a number of people who can claim benefits on your work history. And some of them need you to file, and some of them don't need you to file for Social Security in order for them to receive it. But essentially, of all these people who can claim under your work history, so it's not just you, but all these other people, they can get, each of them individually can get up to 75% of your, of your Social Security benefit amount. And in aggregate, right, so in total, all the people who are getting paid who are not you can get 175%. That's a big number, and a lot of people don't know. Why don't we know this? Why is this not uh, just common knowledge? So there's two reasons why it's not common knowledge. Number one is because the Social Security Administration is its not exactly the easiest website to navigate. They're not putting it up out there, right? They're not making it obvious of, hey, are you entitled to benefit under somebody else's work history? That's not one of the questions they ask you. When you're filing for Social Security, they don't send bulletins about it. Having said that, though, the information is there if you know where to look. So it's not some secret thing that I'm telling you. It's you just Google it, family benefits, or go on the Social Security Administration's website and type in family benefits and you will see this, including the 175 and for some people's even 180% that you the max. The other reason why most people don't know about this, aside from the fact that it's not well publicized, is the fact that one of the ways that the federal government keeps the deficit low or lower than it would be if it is by not paying everyone everything that they're entitled to. And the Social Security Administration is considering that Social Security and Medicare make up about 72 to 78 percent of the federal budget. They are probably the biggest, the biggest, uh, what's the word? The biggest bad actors when it comes to this, right? They create red tape with the intention of putting stumbling blocks and preventing people from claiming the full benefit amount, knowing 
that people aren't going to go through the hoops or they're not going to know that they can apply for it so that they don't have to pay everyone they're, they're, that they're entitled to. Because if they paid every penny that every person was entitled to, there would not be enough money. And that's just the reality. One of the former chief economists for the Social Security Administration, and you can Google this, uh, there's a Forbes article that he was quoted in. He said that he thinks the average ben Social Security beneficiary recipient shortchanges themselves by an average of $110,000. And this was like 10 years ago that he said that. So that number's only increased. And that's because they're not filing for all the benefits that they're entitled to, or they're not filing it in a way that would net them the most money. Quick question about that. So if you're looking at these benefits from the government, should you delay getting your benefits or filing early? Where do you stand? Or is there a position that fits everybody? So let's answer the last part first. There is no one size fits all. So if any advisor gives you a one size fits all answer when it comes to social security, you run because that person doesn't understand social security. <laughs> That's the, the biggest red flag is, oh, I tell all my clients to do X, Y, Z. No, all your clients are not the same. I have yet to meet two people that are in the same financial situation where the same filing strategy made sense. So that's number one. Number two, is delaying the best the best way to get the biggest bang for your buck? And I'm going to answer that with, this is the answer that I give everyone. How much you get from Social Security is a secondary concern. Your primary concern really is your retirement lifestyle. And so the question you should be asking is, when should I file or how much money do I need from Social Security in order for my lifestyle to be as optimal as possible? What will have the biggest impact on my retirement finances, on my savings? And that's a very different question than how do I get the most money out of Social Security? Because oftentimes it may mean, sometimes it means getting a smaller check for some people. I have people who, where I did their plan and there is hands down, no doubt that them filing for social security early and getting it as early as possible will allow them to retire sooner and longer and have a better lifestyle. And then for other people, they should delay, right? And then for them, delaying is the best option because they really need the bigger check or they really need the survivor benefit to kick in when one of the spouses passes away. And so the answer for each person is going to be different, but it's going to be the answer you should be asking is what is going to have the biggest impact on my retirement finances and my lifestyle? Because this is a check for life. And you, how that impacts what money you need to use to spend down your retirement, right? Your retirement accounts, what assets you're tapping into, how long you're tapping into them. Those are all really important questions. And part of that answer is going to come down to required minimum distributions because it's going to have an impact and they work together. And so when answering this question, you need to stop playing checkers and start playing chess or calculus when it comes to retirement planning. I read somewhere about filing for your spousal benefits and suspending your own benefits so you can get delayed retirement benefits. Is that still a thing or is that moved over to something else? So it is not really a thing anymore. This is one of the ways that Congress has stopped paying benefits and has decreased the amount of money that they're paying out to retirees is they closed what they called a loophole, but it wasn't a loophole. It was a very clear benefit that people got as part of their social security package was that you had this ability to claim your spousal benefits 
without claiming your own benefit so that your own benefit was able to delay and accrue value. And Congress said, no, we can't afford to pay this anymore. We're cutting that and no longer will you be able to do this. And so now there's something called deemed filing, which says if you file for, in order for to claim your spousal benefit, your spouse needs to have already been claiming their benefit. And anytime you file for your benefit, you are deemed to have filed for all your benefits. So you can't say, you can't pick and choose which benefit you file for, mm. which is why it becomes so important to not just look at how, what gets you the bigger check, but look at my family as a whole, what gets them the bigger check. Because if you have a spouse where one spouse was working and the other one was a homemaker, then chances are the homemaker who may only get $100, $200, $500 from Social Security, if their spouse was working and they're going to be maxing out their Social Security, get a much higher amount, it may pay for them to to file early, get a smaller check, but allow their spouse to get that 50% boost in benefits so that they're getting a bigger check overall as a family. So how do you really know? That's one great example. How do you know when it's the right time to turn on getting those benefits? So there, there's two steps to this answer. And this is one of the things that we do in that free retirement and tax fraud analysis that we do for, for really anyone who wants to take us up on it. It doesn't cost anything. But one of the questions we answer is, okay, what is what are your income needs in retirement? And then we look at what your income sources are, those guaranteed income sources, which Social Security is one of them. So let's look at what it is at age 62, 65, 66, full retirement age, whatever it is for you. And then what is it at age 70, right? What is it for you and your spouse? And then we can look at the combinations, right? And there's software. You can go to opensocialsecurity.org or .com. It's a, it's a free tool. I've got a link on my website. There's a few of them out there. There's paid ones where they'll do that analysis for you and they'll say, okay, these are all the different filing strategies and this is where you will get the maximum benefit. And you'll see there's a lot of overlap, right? Because it's month to month. Mm -hmm. And so it may be very clear that getting a bigger check by delaying or doing it early. But like I said before, that gives you one set of numbers. The next set of numbers that you got to answer the question about is what do you need in order to fund your lifestyle, right? And how does that intersect with your retirement savings? And where does that intersect with your requirement minimum distributions? Because Social Security is just one leg of the stool. Interesting. I've got a a very specific question for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll just call this person Mary. Mary is a federal employee, married to a person who is not a federal employee. If that uh, person, her husband dies, can she receive her husband's SS benefits? So that is a great question. And it really comes down to two things, right? So technically one, yes, you can get the the survivorship benefit is you get whatever your spouse was getting at the time that they died, right? Assuming that they were receiving benefits, you will continue to get that check. However, If you are subject to a government pension, if you're receiving a government pension, then that amount will get reduced or can potentially get reduced. There are a whole bunch of rules about it. On your social security statement, it may say whether you're subject to one of those rules, but that is something that, again, you want to plan for and see if it's something that affects you or not, because that's one of those things that can affect your retirement plan and may tell you take benefits early or take them later. 
right? What is more important, a, a bigger check, a smaller check up front or a larger check later? Or maybe the larger check later doesn't matter because you're not going to get it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned this earlier uh, as we started our conversation. You said if everybody was taking the benefits, if the government was really open about all the different uh, ways that you can uh, receive uh, SS benefits, that uh, it would uh, make us go bankrupt. Art, do you think that Social Security will ever go bankrupt uh, as we get more and more financial advisors sharing this information with their clients? What do you think about uh, the future of Social Security? I'm going to give you two pieces of information. Okay. Piece, one piece of information that they've actually taken off of the Social Security statement. This used to be on your statement, and I find it interesting that they removed it. Um, but piece number one is that the Social Security Trust Fund um, which is where these obligations get paid from. This is where the checks come from and where when you pay Social Security tax, goes into that fund and gets invested, which the government requires it gets invested back into the government. So that trust fund is set to deplete. Right now, I think it's 3033. It's a moving target. It's constantly changing, but it's set to, it's set to deplete sometime in the next 10 years. At the point that it depletes, the Social Security Administration will only have Social Security taxes from which to pay benefits, right? So right now they're estimating that they'll only be able to pay somewhere between 70 and 80% of the anticipated benefits at that point, um, which means that one of two things will happen. One, uh, if Congress allows a trust fund to be depleted, in which case they will then say either they will fund uh, Social Security another way, or they will allow benefit checks to be reduced, in which case you might get 70 to 80% less. If they do allow the benefits to be decreased, uh, which I find very unlikely, they're more likely to decrease the ways that people, future recipients can qualify, like what they did with the deemed filing rule. But if they were to do that, uh, I think we would be in a lot more trouble because Right now, Social Security recipients and future Social Security recipients, at least until I think it's 2050, are going to be the bulk of the voting uh, population. And so as long as the bulk of the people who vote people into office, I doubt they're going to support people who cut their beneficiary checks, at least until the voting population, the elderly voting population decreases significantly, which we're talking 20 to 30 years I don't think that's a concern. Now, in 20, 30 years, and we're now talking about the younger generation being in power, having more voting blocks. They're also talking it's more immigrants will have voting power. Who knows what's going to happen at that point? And we'll ask you in 30 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> if you like more information, you can visit yields4u.com. That's yields, the number four, the letter u.com. And I invite you to join us next week when we talk about how to turn your Social Security retirement accounts into an income stream in retirement. Which account should you tap into first and how to check if your retirement accounts have a ticking bomb? We'll see you next time. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. 
Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.